Hello and welcome to XG Football Podcast. My name is Jamie Crispin and uh, this week I am joined by my usual co-star, Matthew Rosier. Matthew, how are you this week, mate? I am in an excellent mood despite some of the football I saw this weekend. Um, oh, so good to have the return of the Premier League. We had goals galore, we had upsets, we had controversial VAR and... It was just awesome to be sitting here watching football again. I I have to second that. I, I think I probably watched a little bit too much football, but uh, or is, <laughs> is, there, is there too much football? Don't let my wife hear that or I won't be able to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I second that, I second that. Um, so this week we had a little look at uh, the matches. We we watched a variety of different matches. Um, actually, the matches that we watched were Brentford-Arsenal, uh, Norwich-Liverpool, um, Tottenham versus City, and I also watched the fourth match, which was Manchester United versus Leeds. So... Um, all of these are very interesting matches, um, but I think if we just start off by talking a little bit about uh, Brentford-Arsenal, and that was one that you watched, wasn't it, Matthew? I mean, regrettably so, from an Arsenal perspective. Um, I think I'll start with Arsenal, really. It was a truly woeful performance. It was probably one of the worst performances I've seen on a football pitch in a long, long time, particularly at this level. Um, you know, I think it's easy to see and pick out a lot of areas that went wrong for Arsenal. You know, it seemed like there was a lack of understanding amongst the players. There was a lack of faith in the tactics. And, you know, can you blame them for not having faith in Arteta's tactics? Um but really, Arsenal were just poor from front to back. Um, they were lacking in leadership. They were lacking in creativity. Um, they lacked character when they went behind. And ultimately, they just seemed like a club that just didn't really have an identity on that pitch. Yeah. Like It's like they didn't really know who they were, why they'd put on the shirt. Um, and most of their problems seem to start from... From their defence, really, they were just all over the shop. You know, they weren't helping each other out. I'm not sure whether Pablo Mari even realised he'd turn up for a football match. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of yeah, passing from what I saw was. in that ma- match. It was. Um, it was kind of just get it out of my feet and hope for the best. Um, and because of that, the Arsenal defence was bullied from start to finish by Ivan Tony, who was incredible. He, he had a brilliant game. <clears throat> and ultimately, this this lack of organisation, this disarray, led to actually two quite poor goals. You know, the first one, they tried to clear it out. It goes to Brentford player, tees up Canos. Chambers doesn't get back in time. Leno's beaten at his near post. But, I, think you know, goes, uh, I think he goes through his legs, doesn't he? goes through Chambers' legs yeah, to, get, I mean, to beat Leno in, at the, the near post. In fairness to Leno, like it was hit so early and it was unsighted, he was never going to get there. I thought he um, was a bit far out. I thought he was a couple yeah. of steps in front of the line too far. I think a keeper with a little bit more uh, savvy about him would probably keep closer to his near post, especially if the ball's yeah. going in that direction. I think, I think I heard someone say that like he couldn't quite come closer to that post because he was also trying to... You know, trying to keep an eye on the other Brentford players that were in the box. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, if the defence was doing its job, you know, Leno would have had less to do and and, and he wouldn't be in that situation. Exactly. Um, And I think, oh, the second goal was just diabolical. Just everybody's watching the ball. Nobody knows who's around them. Easy, long throw on the head of Norgard, straight in the net. And everyone's going, oh, the ball's gone in. Oh bugger, who was who was on that? <laughs> so it was a bit, it was a bit strange. And, no, and Carragher summed it up really well. He kind of just said, you know, the only way I can describe this is it's Arsenal. And I thought oh. that's that's absolutely right. Oh. It's Arsenal. Does that hurt, Matt? <laughs> oh, it, do you know it didn't? That's the sad thing. It didn't actually hurt. Um, but I was just, yeah. I'm d- <clears throat> I mean, you can imagine me depressed on a Friday night watching this awful performance i'm just thinking to myself you know like what was the plan from arsenal what 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 did they come onto that pitch on friday expecting to see from brentford 
And, you know, what what did they think they were going to do in response to that? You know, and I just it just didn't seem like anyone had a clue. You know, the whole time it's sort of the defence just tries to get it out of their feet as quickly as possible because, you know, it's like hot potato. They don't want it. It yeah. goes to Xhaka. Xhaka plays it out to Tierney, who's the only available pass. Tierney, in fairness, bursts 20, 30 yards down the pitch, plays a crisscross in, no one there. Yeah. Ball comes out, somehow finds its way to Shaka again, up to Tierney, crossing, no one there, and over and over and over again. It was just that. I bet you wish you'd signed uh, Tammy Abrahams. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we were definitely missing a commanding presence up top. Um, I thought we were actually all right at trying to create chances. Pepe, I think, nearly could have, you know, he had three opportunities for a decent assist. Um, yeah. Smith Rowe was really good. Uh, I think Smith Rowe and Tierney were the only really good performance well, I think there was on that pitch. A couple pitch. of players, Smith Rowe, Tierney, yeah. Uh, Maybe uh, Laconga, actually, in fairness to him. But um, yeah, it was just weird. And the other thing as well, there was this really strange substitution where we're one nil down, where Arteta brings Martinelli off, who's our only striker at that point, mm. and brings on Nelson. So we're playing three wingers, but we're one nil down. And like immediately after that substitution, it was two nil. And I was thinking, well, that's you know that's it, dead and buried. Um, Did you see any movement at all from from the team perspective that might have? Uh... I don't know, giving you more of an attacking edge, perhaps bringing that winger on? No, not okay. at all. I mean, Nelson <laughs> just <laughs> offers nothing. Um, well, I don't want to hang too much on it. There'll be a lot of excuses. Um, people will say, oh, you know, but you had players that weren't starting. You know, it's the first game of the season. I want to put those excuses to bed right now because the fact of the matter is, I think even if we'd had Aubameyang and Lacazette on the pitch, we lose that game if we play like that. And right... You might think it's the first game of this season, but it's like the 20th game we've seen this performance in a row. Yeah. And so, you know, you can't make these excuses anymore. I think Arsenal and Arteta will have gone away from that game feeling really embarrassed, you know, because you really can't afford to put that out week in, week out in the league. You know, yeah. if, we, if we play like that every game... We'll be in a relegation, but before you know it, you've got Chelsea coming up, you've got City coming up, even Norwich, you know, and Watford and that will be licking their lips thinking, you know, it's only Arsenal. Can't wait to, can't wait to, to, to play Arsenal at home. <laughs> exactly. But but enough of, enough of the negatives. I think we really need to give credit where it's due. Brentford were excellent. Yeah. I they agree. had a fire in their belly. They had the bit between their pressing. teeth. They were, they were amazing. They were hungry. They wanted to show the league what they were all about. They had a clear plan in mind and they executed it to perfection. They bullied Arsenal's back line. They pressed hard. They played teasing balls into the box and they thoroughly exposed Arsenal's aerial weaknesses. They knew exactly what they were there to do. Mm. Tony was brilliant. and Bermo was brilliant. Canos was brilliant. Mm. Norgard was brilliant. David Raya in goal was brilliant. They just—they were just on fire, yeah. um, and it was—it's a fairy tale story, really, because you know it's their first top-flight game since what was it, forty-seven? I think it was, or something, something like that. Yeah. Um, they're in their new stadium with the fans for the first time. It's a Premier League game, and they've deservedly come away with three points. And you've got Thomas Frank at the end of the match pieing off the sky pundits <laughs> to go and celebrate with the fans and that was what football was I all about an amazing clip it's such a community club and you can tell that i saw an yeah. amazing clip of um, this young lad in the stands and um the manager coming up and like high-fiving him and a couple of the players coming up and high-fiving this young lad as well it was just amazing uh to watch it was and just beautiful yeah, scenes and like yeah yeah, you know, I that kind you. of warmed me up from a neutral perspective. You know, it's like, yes, Arsenal lost, but watching that afterwards, that is what the game was all about. And, yeah. and that kind of cheered me up quite a lot. Um, but enough from that, you know, Arsenal <laughs> poor, Brentford brilliant, three thoroughly deserved points for Brentford. And, and that's all there is to say about it. But at least you're, um, uh, you're not in a relegation battle just yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, never say never. Just um, above the ask feet. me again in six weeks. <laughs> I, will, I will. I remember that. Let me just um, make a quick note. Yeah, yeah, please do. 
Yeah. Um, I watched the um, the well the early kickoff on the Saturday, and what a game oh. it was! Um, I was sat here. Oh um, my word! Looking after my little one whilst watching it. I think uh, you know I'm trying to get her into uh, the football early. You know, one year old, just about the right time to get her to watch some football. So you don't um, want her to end up being a United fan, though. No, 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 no. Well, the thing is. Um, it was a really incredible game to watch because uh, United came out firing. Um, as much as I, um, uh, uh, I hate to say it, they they absolutely dominated that game, and Leeds really had no chance. Um, absolutely, Leeds woke up after 15 minutes, had a few attacks, but really showed no danger whatsoever. Um, Greenwood looked sprightly. Pogba and Bruno were pulling the strings in the centre of the park the entire oh, unbelievable, game. Unbelievable, those two. The entire game they were pulling. Um, Dan James, even Dan James, um, was making some really clever runs down the wing. And I think they had a, a clear plan there. Um, Maguire was coming in high, high line press, heading yep. the ball almost near the, the, the midfield line. Um, and they just, they just dominated that game. The first half, it was, you know quite a, a, a civilised affair. United yes. controlled most of it. and They got that one goal in. It wasn't even... It, the, mm. the first goal was kind of like a oh, beautiful take by Bruno Fernandes. Takes yeah. it with his right, strikes it with his left. And you know... Yeah. One could argue that the keeper probably should have smothered it or done a little bit better, but you know he deserved the luck after that touch. I um, don't know if there was a lot that he could have done. I think it was just a really crisp... You know, attacking play from United really so good. The way they moved the ball, put you know, Paul Pogba just he loves those little lofted passes in, yeah, um, makes the run. And and the one thing I noticed about the actual formation that they were playing, I mean, Greenwood to me, he looks like a natural winger. However, when you place someone of Greenwood's ability in the center up top, what happens is he naturally drifts left and he naturally drifts right, so it means he drags the defense into yeah. all different... It, he opens up that defence by dragging left or right. And that's what happened in uh, one of Bruno's goals. He drags the defence left and Bruno just takes it up the middle, basically. So Yeah, it was a similar thing with Greenwood's goal as well, wasn't it? I mean, Greenwood was out running on the wing. Mm. Strout couldn't do anything about the pace of Greenwood. And ultimately, yeah. that was how he got his goal, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, and we saw uh, the very first example of... Um, VAR using the thicker lines. I mean, we didn't see the thicker lines because they're not showing it anymore. However, um, Bruno, when I looked at the images at first sight, looked clearly offside. However, that um, I saw later on a match of the day that he, he, with the thicker line, he looks level. So, yeah. Um, fair play. I think it was a good call. I think it was great of VAR to, to introduce these thicker lines because I think when you look at it from a naked eye, you couldn't definitely say he was offside and then yeah. you know you see the lines and he looks level and you think well you know benefit of the doubt as they keep saying i thought it was a great decision yeah so i agree with that it was a great decision it was a great goal he took it i think it was was it half volley I think yeah it was on the half oh. volley. he just struck it oh, such a close finish oh, I, you know what i'm a sporting fan um yeah. Through and through, and and Bruno coming from uh, from Sporting to Man United. Obviously, <laughs> I, I like the move to the Premier League because I know what he's capable of, um, and I think this season we might see a little bit more of that. If I was I was going to ask off. actually, did you feel like a proud father watching Fernandez <laughs> get his hat trick? <laughs> it was his first hat trick for Man United. And yeah, yeah, it, it it was sensational to say the least. Um, I think uh, there's an honourable mention for honourable mention. That was easy for me to say. Um, honourable <laughs> mention um, for Luke Ailing for a yes. tremendous strike of the ball. What a goal! <laughs> I think that was his first league goal for Leeds. That was, My word! Uh, he absolutely. Uh, Roberto Carlos would have been proud of that. Um, oh, absolutely! What a goal that was, and to make it one-one as well, that made the half more exciting. But that then woke up Man United. So. Um, after that, the the the, the beast was awakened, um, yeah. and, and the gloves were off in that second yeah, half. Exactly. Um, I wanted to also point out McTominay's performance in the centre of the park. He was. Yes. He made Fred look good. <laughs> That's no easy feat either. <laughs> Even though Fred scored, he made Fred look good. McTominay looked like a full-blown. I'll tell you what. 
reminded me a little bit of early. Oh, I don't, oh should I? I don't know if I should I compare uh, uh, McDonald's performance to a solid Roy Keane performance back in the day. Oh, I don't know if we can go that far. <laughs> I mean, Roy Keane was in a league of his own. That's but, true. But, Anyway, I there's no solid. doubt in Mc, McTominay was brilliant. I thought he was solid. He, the way he, uh, the way he, um, he, he made sure that nothing came through that 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 line. Um, he was running, making runs into the box, moving left, moving right, tackles. He he was he was amazing. He was very good in the centre of the park. He made Fred look very good. Um, mm. And in the end, I think that ultimately controlling that midfield is what led them to have so many chances and scoring five goals. So uh, hats yeah. off to McSauce. Um, I know it's only the first game of the season, but watching that performance, don't say it. Do Man United don't say move it. further <laughs> up in your your mind of being um, favourites to win the Premier League? I thought about this very carefully, and I don't think so. Mainly because of one thing. Let's look at it from a last year's perspective. The same fixture yep. was a six-two. Okay. Yes. This fixture this year was five-one. Technically, the same goal difference. And yeah. yeah, you know what? They came flying out of the blocks this year. Five-one, great performance. You know, you have to say that they are contenders to be up there. You know, it's going to be a very tight Premiership league table at the end of the year. However, let's not let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> okay. They, yeah, they it's, like I said, well. it's game one, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. They they did incredibly well. Um, they benefited from uh, a couple of um, a couple of drop chances by Rafinha. Uh, they benefited from a very poor Leeds defence. Uh, and I've always said this: it, the commentators were saying, "Ah, oh, in the first half, they're such a well-drilled side." Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are they though? You know, <laughs> you know, Marcelo Bielsa is an amazing manager. He's got some incredible incredible tact. Ticks, uh, or he's an incredible tactician, let's say. Um, but are they a well-drilled side? Yeah, in some aspects, yes. But defensively, they're very poor. Um, yeah, my I opinion. It, I may be wrong, but it's just my opinion. It's a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde situation with them, isn't it? Where like when it pays off, they look phenomenal. They look like one of the best teams in the league. But then, you know, against Man United in that second half, you know, it was men against boys, and they look absolutely <laughs> yeah. lost. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one important thing to point out, I think more important than anything, um, is the way that the commentator was calling uh, Patrick Bamford Pat. Uh, and every time <laughs> she said it, it was like, I just imagined this 50-year-old overweight man inside yeah. the pub drinking a, Oi, I'll have a pint of beer, please, love. You know, that, ty- that type of thing. <laughs> oh, uh. Pat Bamford. Um, commentators, cut it out. His name is Patrick. He's a young man. He's actually a decent striker, but he didn't, he didn't really have a look in this game. No, um, he, he didn't really get the supply. And Lindelof with that pass. Oh my word! I didn't, I, see, mean, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. To be fair, I think he's trying to prove. Do you, do you reckon he'll was, stay over Varane? Do you think he's trying I, to? Like, do you know, I was just about to say that because we were we were saying before the game, like, oh, you know, Varane's been unveiled. That's it. Lindelof's career at United is finished. And then we're all joking, Bing. like he's probably had the game of his life now, and he did. He had an absolutely stonking performance. It's amazing what pressure will do and, to someone. Yeah. I know. I mean, it worked with Luke Shaw, didn't it? Yeah, you know, it so did. Well, great match to actually watch as a neutral. Absolutely. Uh, even better as a Man United fan. So, uh, well done, boys, for giving us that performance and that yeah. entertainment. You threw down the gauntlet very early. Um, and another team that have you know thrown that their hat into the ring very early on is what I would expect to be one of their title rivals, Liverpool, who I watched play away at Norwich. And I have to say... <laughs> Even though it was 3-0 to Liverpool, I wasn't overwhelmed by the performance of Liverpool. Mm. Um, and I'll get into that a bit later. I thought the game started off fairly standard. You know, Liverpool were kind of finding their rhythm, getting their feet in. And, you know, Norwich were naturally going to set themselves up defensively and then try to nick a goal where they can. And that seemed to be playing out quite nicely for the first 10 minutes. You know, Norwich looked like they might actually be able to frustrate Liverpool. 
you know, and they managed to release Pookie a couple of times. Um, Cantwell looked quite good in that midfield. Yeah, Cantwell had a few touches that were uh, sensational, yeah. really. Um, but it very, very quickly started to go wrong for Norwich, and you could really see a championship side that had just been promoted. Um, it was only 1-0 at half-time. Um, I thought it could have been more. Salah had a few half chances. He had that volley that, my word, was so close to going in. Um, but ultimately, all of the goals was just really poor transitional play from Norwich. Mm. Um, in the fact that they would lose the ball and they just weren't quick enough to get into their defensive shape. And because they weren't quick enough... You know, a team like Liverpool's just going to punish you. It's going to be easy. <laughs> yeah. They'll ping a ball over to Salah or Mane. It'll be in like a shot because they've got, you know, the legs of Usain Bolt. And then that's <laughs> it, you know. It's a bit much. You know, you relied on the key. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's not quite that fast, but he's maybe definitely all, all three a of them together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this this happened time and time again. The first, the first goal from Jota, you know, they lost the ball. It got played over to out to the wing to Trent. Trent pinged it in. Little touch off Salah. Nobody realises that Jota's even there. Bang, 1-0. Yeah. Um, Jota, I thought, had a great game. Um, yeah. I thought it was unlucky that they yeah. subbed him off at 60 mins. That's my Portuguese point. Um, yeah, well, only yeah. because they have to give Firmino a, a, an honourable mention. <laughs> but and the thing is... I actually thought Liverpool were better when Firmino came on. Okay. Because he just fits the way that Klopp wants that team to play so much better, you know. He he's happy to come in deeper, he's happy to receive the ball to his feet and kind of bring a defender with him and open up that space for then Salah or Mane to come in behind and get the ball. Well, Firmino got on the score sheet himself. Great, uh, you know that was more poor positional play from Norwich. They didn't track him Terrible. at all. They were all they were all watching. There's like four or five of them in the box, all watching Salah on the ball, just watching it getting pinged around. None of them realise that Salah's looking straight at Firmino, who's in acres of space for a tap in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was quite comical actually. Yeah. And then the third goal was just just a sheer brilliance from Salah, really. It was just, you know, another Salah masterclass. Does another um, goalkeeper get a touch to that? Because oh. <laughs> he seemed to almost That's tip it. A good it came question. off his fingertips, didn't it? I think, it's a good question. I think an Edison I, you know, I could sit here and I could say Edison might, but, you know, you'll prove me wrong later when you talk about your game. Um yeah, a keep a top class keeper might save that. Um, maybe it was because it was Norwich that he scored, but I think it did kind of sum up the game nicely. You know, it was a very comfortable win for Liverpool. Yeah. That Norwich didn't offer much at all, and you know, it was, for lack of a better word, it was quite easy. It wasn't a stunning performance for Liverpool. They didn't really work hard for it. They just kind of did what they always do and, you know, three goals ended up in the back of the net. That's the best I could really say about that. Um, yeah. yeah. Well then, Liverpool 3-0. That was uh, a good start for them as well. It seems like a lot. everyone except for Arsenal started well, really. Um, yeah, <laughs> actually, pretty much. Uh, City as well. Uh, I think well, yeah, yeah, City lost. Well, yeah, City lost. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what to say. Really, I was. Uh, I was quite happy about this game, of, for obvious reasons. I'm um, sure you were. I think I called it in the last episode. I thought it was going to be an edgy affair. I thought City was going to come out, you know, out of the blocks flying, which they did the first ten minutes. They were um, yeah. pretty much on top of Spurs the entire time, um, and then the game started to calm down a little bit, and. It looked like, I mean, uh, Morris had another awful game where he just didn't look at his best. He just doesn't look like the Morris that we saw playing last season, coming on from yeah. the bench and uh, making a real impact to that Man City, uh, to Ma that Man City wing. And uh, Tottenham just, they seem to be finally 
I was uh, uh, speaking to my brother-in-law, who's a big Spurs fan as well, and I was just saying to him, look, Sanchez looked like a completely different defender. Eric Dyer mm, looked like a completely absolutely. different defender. The entire line, I thought it was very clever, clever tactics from Nuno, sticking Tanganga on the right. Now, we know Tanganga's got oh. pace. We know he is also someone who is strong, and he's a class defender for a I young I thought lad. he was brilliant. And he had Grealish and Sterling in his pocket, yeah. mainly because his pockets are quite big, and they are two very small men. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he it was very clever to have him on the right there because he yeah he basically outplayed them defensively, and Grealish didn't he kept running him into a cul-de-sac the entire time. Both of them, um, mainly Grealish. I think Grealish was mainly on that side the entire game. Um, mm. But but yeah, so terrific performance from uh, from Tanganga. The whole of the Tottenham defence just looked to be in sync, you know. And by the end of the match, by the second half, you know, City were looking like the ones that were sitting back and waiting for the counter attack. I think there was Absolutely. a point where um, Benjamin Mendy, who's um, who's who's all looks and no defence, is um, <laughs> was basically walking for about. 10, 15 seconds? You are 1-0 down, my friend. Yeah. You're walking up, thinking to yourself, where is this ball going? You know, Maybe it's probably because he didn't have much moving in front of him, but still, um, City just looked to have no options and no ideas on where to go, and maybe that's because they're making their new people trying to get them to gel. Mm. Um, maybe that's where it is at the moment, but Do you think that a lack of a proper centre-forward has also caused those problems for them in terms of finding a pass up front. I think... I genuinely think Ferran Torres has um, stepped out of his box a little bit more this game. He was completely unseen in the Leicester match, the Community Shield, and he was clearly noticeable for at least the first 20 minutes of the match this this time around. So he's obviously in training to make that position, that false nine position his at the moment. Um, City played a lot of last year without a main striker. So to use that as an excuse for them... I'm not sure is right because they basically went and won the championship last year by not even having oh, a striker. Yeah. <laughs> so Gabriel uh, Jesus, oh goodness. You know, I mean, yeah, he's Brazilian. He's got some skills, and I think probably he's um, he's not being used to good effect. But um, yeah. but yeah, I don't think that that could be uh, used as an excuse as to why City isn't performing. Uh, if they had Harry Kane in there, would they have done better? I don't know. I mean, Spurs beat him without Harry Kane, so yeah. would they have done better? That that leads nicely on to my next question. Is Obviously, you know, Harry Kane, he wasn't in the team. Yeah. Spurs still seem to have a real harmony, a real unity, a great team spirit. Mm. Do you let Harry Kane go then? Oh, Do yeah. you need him? I think he needs to go, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think now's the time. You got a 28-year-old with a dodgy ankle that you can get rid of for uh, dodgy ankles that you yeah. can get rid of for 150 million. I think now's the time. Bring someone yeah. else in. Bring a Patrick Bamford in. Bring an Ollie Watkins in. I don't think Ollie would come, but bring bring a, a Dominic Calvert-Lewin in. That would be the best move for for us right now. And yeah, let let Harry Kane yeah. go win some trophies somewhere else, and let's just I build mean... our team. I'm a gooner, and you can trust that this is the last thing I I really want to say. That I, you know, I don't want to heap praise on Spurs, but you know, I I watched this game, and I saw Son was brilliant. Yeah. Lucas Moura had a great game. Yeah. Bergwijn looked really effective. Yeah. Deli Ali not so much, but I'm sure he can get back into a rhythm if yeah. the coach believes in him. And I just looked at this squad and I thought, do you know what? Like, they'll be fine. Yeah. Without Harry Kane, they will be absolutely fine. Yeah. And I think it looked a little bit like the, the, the lineup was... They all had different roles, and they all knew their roles. Like, Deli Ali was sitting in... The, the second half, it looked like Tottenham went into a 4-3-3 with Deli Ali on the left. And it looked like, you know, Bergwijn was making the runs. Lucas Moura was swinging back and sort of filtering the midfield a little bit and trying to yeah. sort of build up play. And you had Son that's also kind of playing through the middle, trying to get himself open, pulling the defence left to right to try and open up spaces. And uh, that combination, those three at the front, they actually did incredibly well. Um, 
yeah, they did they did really really well. And then you have Hoiberg and uh, Oliver Skip, which was actually really nice to see. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the academy lads coming through, and play- he had a solid game. You know, nothing, nothing too incredible, but <laughs> you know what? For a young lad, he was he did well in the middle of the park with Hoiberg supervising, obviously. Um, but yeah, uh, as a whole, I think Nuno has drilled that side really well with the time yes. he's had. Uh, I think that they worked a lot on defensive shape. And I think that they literally shut the opposition down, and that's how they won that match. Mm. And it's funny as well, because I think going into this season with the appointment of Nuno, a lot of people were expecting it to be more or less similar to Mourinho. But it wasn't. There was there was a good attacking football from Spurs. I think, I think there's a difference. Okay, uh, look, I'm a massive fan of Mourinho, and there's no hiding yeah. that. And I think that there's a difference in the style. Okay, the the yeah. actual training style that Nuno uses is is similar, if not the same, as what Mourinho uses. I think it's um, uh, tactical periodization, which is basically they they lead up to the the game. They'll have like a rest day, and then they'll train on this, train on that, train on this, and then build up the training until match day. And then they'll start that that cycle again, and uh, the 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 training is very similar. So the boys yeah. will be used to the type of training that Nuno has. So they would have taken to that really well. What was different about the game that I saw from Spurs on Sunday was the fact that they were pressing the ball higher. Yeah. Because they were pressing the ball higher, and the space at the back was filled out with. Skip Hoiberg, the two defenders and the right backs, they they were so well positioned that City ha- kind of had nowhere to go. Yeah. So the high press and the well organized defense won them that game, and it was because of that that they were able to build the attacks that they were building, especially in that second half, and that gave Son the opportunity to you know they weren't trying to walk the ball into the net either. They were taking no. chances, and in the it end, was very it could have exciting been to watch. If Bergman mm. would have sorted his left foot out. Yeah. I have to say, you know, so far, start of the season, the future for Spurs under Nuno looks quite it. promising. Um, <laughs> Listen, he, he looks to have them, <laughs> he looks to have them well drilled and yeah. you know what, we were top of the league at Christmas last year, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Similar yeah, we'll, to a Man United episode. We'll but see where the, we are to, at the end of the season. To beat the champions one nil potentially could have been two nil. Um I mean you can ask for a better season. start to the season. Exactly. Um, exactly that. And there was plenty of other great action across the weekend too. Um any games that particularly stood out for you, Jamie? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, Chelsea obviously got their uh, their campaign started in uh, yep. the best of fashions. Um, Our tip to win it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and without Lukaku there, um, they managed to make it work against Crystal Palace. Not that they were going to have any trouble whatsoever winning 3-0. No. Uh, Marcus Alonso seems to be playing out of his skin at the moment, yeah. and it was just really lovely images to see uh, the young boy, Trevor Chalabar, um just that realisation that he yeah. had scored an absolute banger. Um, what a goal that was. Uh, good lad, he's, uh, he's, he's done well. Um, 3-0, that was stand-up performance again, and uh, for me, yeah, still looking really good for that, uh, for that title, Man United yeah. looking strong as well. Um, but we'll certainly have to see once uh, once old uh, Rom starts. Um, well, I mean, I think what's going to begin to happen with, with Chelsea <laughs> is that you've got a young lad Havertz, you've got Werner who creates. He's got an XG of twenty, yes. twenty goals. Uh, I think it was an XG of twenty goals last season. I'll double check that wow. just to make sure. But he didn't score any anywhere near as much. So it means he's creating no. the chances. But, but they're not being finished. Exactly. So with Lukaku there finishing these chances, there should be some sort of um, influx of, 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 <laughs> of potential finalisation into the goal. Um, they're just going to get better and better. Yeah, it's going to be brown trousers for us Arsenal fans at the weekend <laughs> when we come up against Lukaku and Chelsea. Yeah. Um, the other match which I think was a surprise was Aston Villa. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great story. That you got real underdogs there in Watford taking on Aston Villa, and you know, lots of players that stood out. What were your thoughts on that, Jamie? So I think that um, 
a lot of people, including myself, admittedly, have not given Watford much of a chance this year. But, you know, after listening to a few bits <laughs> no. and paying attention to um, to some to some what, what, what people have got to say, I think Watford are, you know, they're a relatively clever um, organisation. And I think they, they, they do their scouting really well and they've got some really decent players in their, uh, in their ranks. So um, I probably see them doing okay it would be a real achievement for them to stay up this year. Um, and you know what? That was a terrific start by being Aston Villa, who yeah. um, have not only made a ter- you know well a, a British record sale, but have brought in some real talent in Buendia um, yep. and a couple of other key signings that have uh, that are supposed to be making a difference, but they haven't really um, as of yet. <laughs> But no doubt it, they, they 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 will at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, the fantasy Premier League players will be thanking their lucky stars that Ings got that 90 plus 7 penalty. Yeah, that's true. Um, because <laughs> he was in my squad. Um, I didn't do yeah. too badly. I scored 101 points this uh, this week. <laughs> wow! So yeah, I'm top. I'm I'm top of two of my leagues that I'm involved in. So, uh, ah, so I'll get you. <laughs> the only the only difference being that I put um, that I put Salah as a captain rather than Bruno. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, Mate, I'd made the same mistake. <laughs> I think a lot of people have, but yeah. uh, Bruno obviously has outdone himself. Um, yeah, it was really great from them. Anything else to add in terms of the other fixtures? So we'll just run through them. So I've got uh, um, Burnley and Brighton, 2-1. Yeah, I think that was pretty standard, to be honest. Um, great for Mopai to get a goal on his 25th birthday. I think most people probably had that down as a, as a bore draw, but maybe one of the sides could have nicked it, and you know that's pretty much exactly what happened. Mm. Yeah, and um, I mean, Burnley going 1-0 up and then losing that lead. There was a player yeah. that came on, I think. Oh, yeah, they came on. Yeah, I think he came on. Moda that made a real difference. Uh, two key changes there, Moda and then the... the, the yeah, Jakub Moda for Brighton. Yeah, they made a real difference in that. And uh, Graham Potter um, <laughs> uh, made some made those two key substitutions. Scared that made a difference. Potter. <laughs> Potter. Um, so, yeah, um, great from Brighton. And, you know, for me, still... Um, they they'll still stay up, so they've proved that they've yeah, got a little bit of fibre. They look steel. pretty solid. Yeah, um, Everton uh, debut for Rafa Benitez for Everton. Yeah, um, I think I heard an interesting fact, which was the only manager to swap or to manage both Liverpool and Everton since the late eighteen hundreds. Wow. Yeah, late eighteen hundreds. I'll I'll yeah. have to double check that later, but. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible, really. It just yeah. goes to show the fierce rivalry, the fact that, you know, but you yeah, don't well, manage those both those teams, the really. The fans seem to be behind them. They clapped them. Yeah. And I think you well, he's to, a great really. manager. I, I don't blame him. He gave Liverpool Champions League. Maybe he can do the same for Everton. Steady on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be lucky to qualify. <laughs> uh, still, I have them 10th or 11th, I think. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. great performance there. I think they turned it around after they went 1 0 down. And yeah, I thought Southampton were quite poor, to be honest. I know they got that goal early on, but they're what just they all over the pitch. They just weren't good. Oh, got no idea. What were they thinking letting go of Ings or any of their players they've let go this season? And who have they even signed? And then with the the thing is, is that, oh, okay, look, Southampton have got very clever scouting and, and, and yeah. quite, quite a good signing policy. But I don't see the point. Vesta got 15 million. What's the point? I know. What's that 15 million going to get you? Easily their best defender as well. So, uh, so they've, 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 you know, they've still got Ben Narek. They need to get results against the, the, the other side. They need to get results against the Norwiches, the Watfords, the. Yeah, because um, I know, think the they've. These sales have really put them down, you know, the the slopey end of the table, and they are going to really need those points to stay up this season. Yeah. Uh, last match, really, was uh, Leicester Wolves, which seemed to be oh. the match with the least amount of goals. Um, but it was still a really good attacking spectacle from both sides, in my opinion. Yeah. Seemed to go um, back, back and forth quite a lot from yeah. what I saw. It was great to see Jamie Vardy has still got absolutely what it takes to, to fire for Leicester. Brilliant outside I'm, of his left boot. 
pretty yeah cool. i know he kind of said it didn't be later i just kind of hit it and it went in <laughs> um you know he wasn't sure whether he'd score it but yeah it was a great goal great ball from Pereira. i got to um, big up my portuguese player there did he just yeah. absolutely leave those two those two they them two their careers are over yeah, mate, you left them for dead. <laughs> yeah, was, They're done. He sent them for a hot dog, mate. Like, they were in the stands somewhere. I don't know where they went. Um, oh, that was but terrific. he was just, he just left them behind. And yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant goal from Leicester. Um, I thought Wolves were actually unlucky not to come away with a point. And it's interesting because there was a poll done at the start of the season of, like, fan satisfaction with managers. And Bruno Lars was actually dead last... And a lot of people were bagging on Wolves and saying, ah, it's going to be a torrid season for them. I thought they looked really good against Leicester. I Mm. thought they held their own well, and they were really unlucky not to come away from it with a point. The thing is with Laj is that um, he comes from a school of of attacking football. And the expectation that you have is a bit... So when he first came onto the scene at Benfica, he was the, I believe, the Benfica B or under 21s manager. So yes. the, the the style of football that they play out there is attacking, is wing play. It's you know it's not defensive in any way, shape, or form. Um, um, you know, arguably you have you have Georges Jesus, who is um, quite a pragmatic manager. But in terms of style of play, Benfica are quite an attacking side. So he comes from that school. So you can expect to see some good attacking wing play. Yeah. Probably why he had Adama Traore playing as well. Um, and I think I that think with the amount of Portuguese players they have as well who have grown up yeah. in those academies, I think they will really start to suit their play. When yeah. Pedro Neto comes back, I oh, think he'll fit in just a like a glove, really. Yeah, and and Trincao didn't look bad. He had a few little um, good little spells throughout the game. Um, from what I yeah. saw, Adama Traore probably had that one goal you thought was. Um, I yeah, I think Adama Traore was actually arguably the best player on the pitch yeah. from both sides I think I'd, I'd probably knock him down a peg after he missed that opportunity to be fair <laughs> um, yeah, I mean he definitely should have scored but, 100% you know, um, he had an amazing game beyond that but yeah hopefully uh, from what you're telling me and from what I saw as well we can see a Wolves side who can grow um, yes. over the coming games yeah and the last game uh, on that list was Newcastle West Ham <laughs> an absolute thriller at yeah. 4-2 just wow I mean that's that was everything you want from the Premier League isn't it you just want goals 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 and it had them it did um, I was impressed with both sides here and they both did I only caught glimpses of the game live but then I watched some highlights um, I think yeah I, I, I'm not sure that 4-2 is it does does Newcastle um it, it kind of it, it over. I don't know the words I'm looking for. Basically, it makes West Ham look better than what they did on the day. I think both teams were very evenly matched, actually. Yes. Um, and they either of them could have actually won the game despite the scoreline. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree. I think that both teams played great attacking football. I mean, Newcastle were ahead in, what, three minutes through Callum Wilson? You know, so Maximan was running rings around the players. Um, yeah, just got a great ball in. Wilson straight on the end of it, bang. Yeah. West Ham responded really well. They played, you know, oh, they were just so good up front. Ben Rama looked a revelation in that number 10 role. <laughs> I mean, he was always going to be good. He had a year yeah. of settling into the Premier League, and he, he, he's someone that's just just an incredible dribbler um, of the ball and incredibly pacey. Um, yeah, just expect good things from him this year. Yeah. But I have to agree. I think 4-2 didn't do Newcastle justice, and I would argue that that's there exactly was a what bit was of to, controversy to with the VAR. Um, I don't believe... That it was a penalty. I think that it was a very clean tackle from Murphy. Um, and I was kind of shocked that the on-pitch decision stood. Because I'm pretty sure VAR took a look at it. Um, and I think anyone else would have would have overruled that decision. Um, and I think that ultimately took the momentum out of the game for Newcastle. And then, you know, and Antonio scores the fourth and it's all over. But, you know, that for that to happen at 2-all, I, I can totally understand Steve Bruce feeling a bit hard done by because 
I think a point would have been fair for each team. Um, and had there not have been that penalty and it ended up 3-2 to either one of the teams, I don't think anyone would have had a problem with the scoreline at all. Yeah. I also think that that could have been avoidable, though, because how does yeah. Suchek get to that ball first after the missed penalty? I mean, he's not the fastest man in the world, is he? <laughs> he, had, he had a massive run-up. I think he was running from the midfield yeah. as as Antonio was uh, was was about to um to strike know. the ball. He was it must in. be those gangly legs of his. So it just takes one step and he's there. Yeah, certainly from the midfield takes one step and uh, there he is, a little bit like Peter Crouch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can literally stretch a leg from the corner of the box and score a goal top right hand side corner. Exactly. Um, but, but yeah, yeah um, I think Newcastle defenders needed to be in there quicker as well. But um, but yeah, like I said, it does no. This is what I was looking for earlier on. It does Newcastle no justice, that scoreline, yes. because both teams were excellent on the day. It's just that West Ham had that finishing touch. Yeah. So lots of great football over the weekend. A lot of excitement in pre- pretty much all of the matches, bar maybe the Burnley Brighton, but, you know, it's Burnley Brighton. <laughs> um, you must yeah. be looking forward to some of the matches coming up this week. Yeah, this weekend we've got a couple of belters. Um, so the first one I think that is worth mentioning is Arsenal-Chelsea. Now, um, yes. given Arsenal's uh, <laughs> performance against oh, Brentford, dear. what are you expecting from this? Do you want my honest answer or my yeah, blind Arsenal then. answer? 3 0 um, or 4 0? <laughs> we are going to get done 6 0. No, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> we are going to get thrashed by Chelsea. Big Rom is going to come in and destroy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm kind of. I'm very afraid to play Chelsea with Robert Lukaku. Um, I have a feeling he won't hurt us too much because it'll be his first game and he'll have only have had a week to train. Does he start? Does he's been he come training off the all bench? summer. He's been he's been ready. He, well, know, he yeah, knew he I mean, was coming to Chelsea. He was like, "Yeah, I'm tra- I'm training." Yeah, so I don't know. I just it just it just looks like it's going to be a disaster for Arsenal. To be honest, yeah, um, I'm not looking forward to it as much as I. And would listen, hope. I, I, what 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 does and the question here is what does Arsenal actually need? I mean, you're asking the million-dollar question, mate, to be honest. Um, I think Arsenal need just some leadership. I think they need to either get rid of the people who don't have faith in what Arteta wants to do, or they need to get rid of Arteta and get someone in who the players do have faith in. You know, Either I th- or. Yeah, I mean it's got to be one of the two. Um, it's and I thought about it's this too is... early. It's too early to talk about sacking Arteta because yeah. it's yeah, the first I, game I, of the season. But also, we need to start thinking about um, if they do sack Arteta, who are they going to bring in? I don't think anyone would come. I mean, no there was to... there was talks about Conte's available, but would Conte want to step into this mess? I mean, he's you know, to to, he would was, he want to try and pick up the pieces? I mean, he clearly wasn't because he's not there. <laughs> no, he was willing to come to Spurs. Just Spurs yeah, I mean, there, couldn't there give were talks. him the money he wanted. Yeah, um, there were talks. Yeah, um, so Arsenal, Chelsea. Oh, I mean, uh, sorry to say this, mate. You probably know this already. I see Chelsea doing you. So yeah. Yeah, um, I just think it's going to be a walkover. Um, yeah. I'm quite excited for Leeds Everton actually. Leeds Everton, okay. Yeah, I think that could be a very close knit affair. With plenty of goals. I mean, we know Leeds play great attacking football. Yeah, terrible defence. Everton, not necessarily the greatest defensively. Um, neither are Leeds, but both of them have very promising attacks. So do you reckon that's going to be like a good old 3-3 or something like that? I'd love it to be a 3-3. I'm going to go a little bit more diluted and say it's going to be 2 all. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just ever the optimist. Um, yeah. The other match to watch out for We here. just love goals. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, bring on the goals. Yeah. Uh, West Ham-Leicester, I think, is going to be a good one Monday evening. Um, yeah. Again, I think from that one, I think it's probably going to be a close affair. A 1-0 or a 2-1 either way. I'm going to go West Ham to take it. Yeah, I... I think if West Ham, you'd have love got to a good put your, going you, forward. You'd be sensible to put money on Leicester, but I see West Ham doing it at home. You know, with that performance they put out against Newcastle, and the fans they don't leak the goals. Yeah, 
It'd be great. I think West Ham could take that. I think you're absolutely spot on. My other pick for this week would have to be United Southampton. Only because could United we have another nine like, nil? Smash them to pieces. <laughs> yeah, I mean Southampton. You know, I, I can't really say this as an Arsenal fan, but they're in the mud a bit this season at the moment. Yeah, um, they are. And United look like the most promising of the top sides from the, that first fixture. They'll be riding the momentum. Yeah. Who knows, Varane might even be at the back. I don't see them conceding goals against Southampton. I certainly see them scoring it. That could easily be 4-5-0. Yeah, yeah. So a good one to watch for the neutral eye. Uh, other matches across the weekend. Liverpool, Burnley, Aston Villa, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Brentford. Uh, Man City will face Norwich. Perhaps they will get their first win of the season <laughs> since it began. Brighton. Watford. They lost last time Norwich were up, didn't they? Did they lose to Norwich? I think they did. Didn't Pookie score two or something like that? Oh, it's pretty. Well, it's, it's... It might have been a draw. It was. I know they didn't win. It was. It was one of the shocks that season. Uh, let's 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 find that. No, uh, yeah, they lost three two. Yeah, they lost three yeah, two. Fourteenth wow. of September two thousand and nineteen. They lost three two. There you go. Check you out. You and your three. knowledge from three hey. years ago, two years ago. And then the last fixture, everyone's favourite. Brighton Watford, the most riveting affair in Premier League history. Silence. Um, yeah. <laughs> we also, the Portuguese will face off uh, Wolves versus Tottenham. Nuno versus Laj. That well, sounds who? like a terrible. That's going to be European really entertaining. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so coming to a theatre near you. <laughs> Bruno versus Laj. He was a Portuguese uh, barber, and Laj was the version of. Uh, I'm going to stop there. Um, yeah, I don't know where that was going. <laughs> no, neither do I. I was making it up as I go along. I was going to say something along the lines of Laj is like beer without the R. Um. Yeah, technically you're. I mean, technically you're correct. I can't really argue with that. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, but you're right. <laughs> what a stupid conversation! Oh, wow. brilliant. Well, you know, uh, I got to look. Uh, yeah, I've got you know, look forward to going to the zoo with the family tomorrow, which is going to be amazing. Oh, I'm going to go look at some tigers and uh, hope for the best. Uh, the hope that I don't get eaten um, by one. Um, but yeah, other than that, I <laughs> yeah. will. Look it's all coming up roses for you Spurs fans, eh? <laughs> Listen, maybe I'm just delirious and Yeah, um, maybe. That one little win is is uh definitely culminating some sort yep. of happiness in my heart. Um, I'll be spending my week mentally preparing for our absolute thumping on Sunday. I think yeah, you best start getting your um getting your meditation in mm. uh, nice and <laughs> nice and early. But yeah, yeah it's been uh, I have to start been... writing my will. <laughs> It's been a, it's been a, it's been an emotional journey. It's just that yes. moment where, I, I fully didn't expect it. Just that moment where I looked at the score and it was like two 0 Brentford, and I looked to, yeah. I looked towards Hannah and I go, oh my word, it's two 0 <laughs> Brentford, and I messaged the group going, oh dear, <laughs> yeah. And on that note, I think we'll call it a night. But um, yeah, like <laughs> please I said, do. <laughs> this is uh, this is coming to your airwaves in the next uh, day or so. Um, we're recording this on a Tuesday, so if there's any developments on the transfer market, do let us know about it, and we'll mention it next time. I'm only joking, um, but do uh, do look us up on Twitter and um, Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe to Spotify so that you know when our next episode's coming out. And yeah. Um, hope you've enjoyed. Have a good one. Matthew, good night, my friend. Good night.